Support for this podcast is provided by Paradox, the conversational AI company helping global talent acquisition teams at Unilever, McDonald's and CVS Health get recruiting work done faster. Let's face it, talent acquisition is full of boring administrative tasks that drag the hiring process down and create frustrating experiences for everyone. Paradox's AI assistant, Olivia, is shaking up that paradigm, automating things like applicant screening, interview scheduling, and candidate Q&A, so recruiters can spend more time with people, not software. Curious how Olivia can work for your team? Then visit paradox.ai to learn more. There's been more of scientific discovery more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 381 of the Recruiting Future podcast. Recruiting automation via conversational AI is proving to be an effective way to help solve some of the unique challenges in today's talent markets. But how are employers actually using it? What benefits are they getting? And how do they manage the balance between humans and machines? My guest this week is Victor Gaines, Senior Vice President Talent Acquisition at Aviana Healthcare. Aviana have been using automation technology to vastly increase efficiencies in their recruiting process. Victor has some exceptional advice and insights to share on choosing and implementing technology, as well as some fascinating thoughts around the future of recruiting. Hi, Victor, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Honoured to be here. An absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Could you just introduce yourself and tell us what you do? Yeah, of course. So my name is Victor Gaines. I am uh, currently the Senior Vice President of Recruiting at a company called Aviana Healthcare. Um, I've been here for about two years now. Um, I guess, generally speaking, for what it's worth, I've been recruiting for a long time um, and have had uh, some really cool opportunities to lead recruiting and sometimes even talent management at um, you know companies like McKesson, Fiserv, uh, and Comcast prior to coming here. Um, and then just to give a little bit of context for what Aviana is, because most people haven't heard of it, so Aviana was formed about four and a half years ago through uh, the merger of two existing pediatric home care companies. And so at this point, um, you know, we think of ourselves as a diversified home care platform, and we specialize in providing um, skilled and unskilled care to uh, a wide spectrum of, of patients from pediatric to senior patients. And we provide that care in their homes. Um, right now, we provide care to about 45,000 patients across 30 states. Now, I can imagine that the last sort of 18 months, uh, t- two years has probably been particularly challenging in, in your market. Tell us a little bit about the recruiting challenges that you've been facing in the last year or so. Yeah, you know, like so many companies, um, I think our biggest challenge right now is that the supply doesn't meet our demands, right? So, my teams hire about 10,000 caregivers annually across the U.S. And, you know, as challenging as that is, I think we'd probably gladly hire two times that number, right, if if the market could supply it. And probably being honest, if we could absorb it into our existing processes in terms of 
you know, hiring and credentialing and onboarding and, and scheduling those caregivers, um, we're also impacted by, you know, what's being referred to as the great resignation. So we're seeing a lot of um, turnover, both in our clinical population and in um, what we call our operations um, population, which are the folks who help us sort of run that business and make sure that caregivers are scheduled with patients. Um, I think the last thing that we're that we're experiencing, and especially as a result of COVID in the past 18 months, is the the sheer competitiveness of nurse hiring. I mean, it's it's been wildly competitive as long as I've been doing it, but COVID really turned the dial up to 11 on that competitiveness. So, you know, you're looking at things like hourly pay and sign-on bonuses and, you know, relocation offerings and you have um, healthcare facilities offering, you know, what we call wartime differentials for um, like COVID units and high-risk areas. And, you know, everybody is offering new perks and it just makes it increasingly difficult for us to compete for top talent. Um, and really being able to do that and maintaining the margins that any business needs to be able to operate. So, um, yes, the past 18 months have been uh, quite challenging for us and probably for the home care space in general, probably for healthcare overall. And I would imagine that you probably working at, at scale very, very, very quickly. Is speed an issue for you? Yes, speed is an issue. Um, you know, the caregivers, because of that competitive market, they have a lot of opportunities that are coming at them. They almost don't even have to go out necessarily and look, they're just, you know, landing in their laps. And so, you know, the first person in and the first person to the finish line is going to win. So speed is critical. Speed is paramount. Um, and when you're hiring caregivers, it's the speed of getting folks through that application process. It's the speed of getting them through that traditional um, candidate evaluation, assessment, selection, decision process. And you have this credentialing body of work that you have to do where you have to verify licenses and, 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 and you know, clinical caregiving skills and uh, reference checks and all these other different sorts of things. And so there are a lot of factors that um, essentially conspire to slow down the process when the speed of that process is absolutely critical. And I know that you've been using technology to help deal with some of these challenges. I mean, tell us a little bit about what you're doing and, and why you're doing it and, and what the sort of outcomes have been. Yeah, you know, so when we look at that market, some of the things that you know we were just talking about, right, and, and trying to um, extract m the maximum amount of talent from a very tight market, um, you know, we have to look at ways to create efficiency. So we started looking at technology to create these incredible efficiencies, both internally, like within the recruiting teams and within the business and externally to help us do exactly that, extract more uh, clinical talent from the market faster and with less wasted effort. Um, so, you know, we looked at technologies, you know, one of my favorite technologies is um, is Paradox. And we've implemented a number of their modules into our process, kind of from beginning to end, really. But I was looking at some metrics probably late last week, <clears throat> and we realized that the business segments where we've introduced some of this automation, right? And then, so we introduced automation and we then we kind of powered it on the back end with um, centralized support or, or sort of a standardized um, support model. 
by the way, you would probably think that a you know centralized support model would be a given, but not always in this industry. In this industry, you have a lot of people <laughs> who think you know they know how to run recruiting, even when they're not in recruiting. And the idea of this of you know quote all hands on deck right all the time has really great appeal in this in this industry. But at any rate, in those businesses where we've implemented the the technology suite and our full support we have actually doubled our efficiency and we we anticipated improvements right across a number of different metrics but we were absolutely blown away to realize that the efficiency had fully doubled um, in that space talk us through the the experience for candidates how does that work with the automation that you've put in so there's been a couple of different tools and so I, it, so the 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 um, I guess at a high level, what we're seeing and where where these um, changes and these technologies are, are positively impacting the candidates is, you know, we're we're now able to screen faster, right? So resumes come in, they get automatically evaluated. Um, we have chatbots that can engage with them. We can accelerate that top talent to the front of the line and automatically schedule those folks to have conversations with recruiters, for example. Um, we have we have reduced our reliance on on slow and unsophisticated selection methodology. So, you know, another example is we went sort of from a um, pen and paper test to a digital, um, you know, knowledge assessment. Um, you know, we can move folks through the process with less reliance on long, boring, repetitive interviews. Um, we feel like our hiring decisions at the end of the day because now they're backed by a little more than sort of, you know, gut feeling. We feel like those decisions are valid and reliable. Um, we're hiring faster. Um, and I think for the candidates, you know, they have a vastly improved experience because they can go from, you know, expressing interest in a job to having a conversation, regardless of whether that's with the person or a chatbot, within a matter of minutes. And they're getting hired and credentialed in, you know, let's call it 50% less time, which means they can get out and start delivering the care. That that's what they're here to do, right? And they can start getting paid faster. Um, so, you know, tremendous benefits all around by inserting technologies and a technology stack in the right place or in the right places in the hiring process. One of the debates that we've been having as an industry is this kind of balance between technology and automation and humans doing recruiting. And I think that, you know, you've put really, really clearly there the, the, the strong benefits for candidates in terms of speeding up the process and everything that comes out of that. Having done that, I mean, what's your sort of view on the, the human versus automation when it comes to recruiting and talent acquisition? So we're recruiting, right? We are, we are a people first function. And, and as much as we appreciate technology, I think, you know, as a, as a, as a function, probably as a society, right, we still love and value our interactions with people. And, you know, I think on one hand, I think it's entirely possible to implement a process that could probably take you end to end without having to actually interface with anybody. But I don't see us being at that point anytime soon. It, well, maybe to be fair, I, I think at least for a number of professions and nurses and caregivers, I think are probably, I would, in my mind, I would advance to the, to the top of that list because, you know, they, 
they do what they do, especially in our in our space, with what we call a servant heart. And they dedicate their lives to caring for people in need. And I don't know that they would be entirely comfortable making a life altering decision like, you know, should I accept this job without having some meaningful human interaction and conversation. So, you know, I think what we're doing in, in, in our philosophy around the technology is we're using it to fast forward to the good part of that process, right? Which is, again, where we can sit down and have a conversation um, about the job responsibilities, about a day in the life on the job, about the environment or the ecosystem, about what an offer looks like and what an offer might mean uh, for them. So I don't think the technology can eliminate, and I don't, I don't even think there's any risk of it eliminating that human interaction if somebody was concerned that that could happen. Um, but I do like the way you said it because it, it has to be a balance. I think, again, use it to speed up the process and then interject that, that human experience at the right time to drive for the right outcomes for everybody who's involved in that process. There are a lot of employers out there who are looking at technology at the moment as a way of solving recruiting challenges, um, you know, whether that's uh, speeding up a process or, or making it more efficient or improving um, communication, whatever, whatever it might be. Um, as a, an organization who's sort of successfully been through this, this process recently, what would your advice be to the, the TA leaders who are listening in terms of evaluating technology, working out what kind of technology they need, where it should fit, getting stakeholder buy-in, all those kind of things? What would your advice be? You, know, you, you have to advocate for process. You have to advocate for what you know is right. Um, in the recruiting process. I think a lot of organizations, um, whether intentionally or not, I, I will, will exert pressure on the recruiting team and on the recruiting process to make it operate in a way that um, makes it perhaps easier or, or maybe the word is more convenient for the organization. So for example, an organization will always um, be willing to insert additional steps in the process, additional um, documents in the process, additional interviews in the process, when maybe those particular steps don't add to the efficiency. So I, I'd say to advocate for efficiency and embrace the resources that can help you achieve it. And technology is certainly one of those resources, right? I think, um, you know, I think about calls that I've had, I mean, as recently as last night, I think that the market is absolutely teeming with solutions. Some of them great, some of them maybe not so great. And and if your experience is like mine, uh, each of those, you know, solution providers are teeming with resources who are hungry to sell those solutions to you. And I think it can be overwhelming, right? I, I you know, I, I could probably pull up my voicemail now and, and try to count how many voicemails I have pull up LinkedIn and see how many messages I have, pull up my work email and see how many emails I have and how many of those have been filtered to spam already, right? And and I think that's a lot for somebody to try to filter through when you're trying to make a decision about what can help. And I, I think it's important that you find a trusted resource who can help you to navigate the market and identify the most appropriate solutions so that you don't have to go out and test drive every single product. Because you wouldn't have any hours left in the day. So 
again, you know, be confident in driving for process efficiency, be comfortable with the fact that technology can help you do it, and then find a resource who can help make you comfortable with the amount of technology that's in the market so that you can land on the right stack to support your business in a, in a way that is not disruptive to day-to-day business operations and is not disruptive to the candidate experience. You obviously mentioned there the, the amount of vendors in the, in the market and just generally the amount of noise that's happening around recruitment and HR technology at the moment. What do you look for in a technology partner in terms of what are the sort of the key things that you look for that mean they're going to be, that you, you're going to work well together? Yeah, I think, um, I think the technology partner that is that comes into the conversation and doesn't um, and doesn't want to convince you that they are 100% confident that their solution can work for you, right? And this has been sort of a newer learning for me being in the home care space because it is, it's so unique versus other spaces that I've been in, in, involved in, even compared to other healthcare spaces. Um, and some solutions just simply cannot work or wouldn't be right here. And so I think having a vendor who understands, hey, we might not know what you do, but tell us what you do and let us consult with you and help you make a decision. I think a vendor who's comfortable saying, hey, we might not be right for you uh, is is a very positive sign and a very mature way of thinking about it from a provider perspective. Um, and I think that... Um, I think a provider who is investing significant dollars in R&D, and sometimes you find those, in my opinion, you find those providers as sometimes the smaller companies um, who haven't been you know, picked up by a bigger company, or haven't been acquired by a bigger company, or maybe even haven't been picked up by a VC firm where they're still trying to figure out how to create the most exciting technology possible, the most disruptive technology possible. Um, and I think finally, you you as an individual probably have to go into it saying, I, one solution might not be my solution for a lifetime, right? It might be a little bit like, um, I'm a car guy, I tend to compare a lot of things to, to cars and, and that experience, but it might be akin to leasing a car where you go out and you get your technology for a couple of years. A couple of years down the road, a smaller company might have a new agenda. They might be in the middle of being acquired. You know, who, who knows what's going on? Um, they might have fallen behind the market. And it's okay at the end of that point to go look at other vendors, right? And push your existing provider to say, hey, what else can you do? But I think that that provider who is open to that conversation and is comfortable with that approach, um, again, it's a very mature sign. And it's uh, a good sign that you're going to have a very productive relationship with them. I suppose that brings us nicely on to the, the the final question. We've sort of already talked about the balance between humans and, and technology. As you said there, there are lots of potential disruptive technologies kind of on the horizon. What, what do you think the future looks like? If we were doing this interview again in, say, two years' time, what would we be talking about? I think one of the... Um, one of the areas with the greatest potential, highest impact areas, is probably in frontline hiring. Like, right, I think about recruitment automation technology. Again, going back to this car idea, right, and is similar to the idea of automating production of vehicle manufacturing. Where you get the most bang for the buck is automating 
those highest volume bodies of work or the highest volume activities in your process. Um, and what I like to call the, the high volume, low value activities are even better for this. But the highest volume activities benefit the most from automation right now. And I think if you start to look at frontline hiring, where you have to move a very high volume of job seekers through the process to get the volume of hires that you need, um, I think you could use automation and digital um, assessment technology to start figuring out how to screen more people into the process versus trying to rule people out of the process. And so, for example, I think a lot of companies that hire entry-level frontline talent probably hire a lot of that, right? And they probably have several different groups of jobs. And if you could use those sorts of technologies to say, okay, we're hiring for competency in these cases, not skill. And these jobs may not be differentiated by the skill required, but they might be differentiated by the competency required. So in other words, they're differentiated by um, having, uh, there are candidates who are built differently, right? And who are good for different types of jobs. And if you can leverage your technology to identify how your candidate population is built, and then you can direct them to jobs that are going to be a good fit for them based on valid and reliable scientific data, you're helping the business hire faster and you're helping that talent get into the workforce faster and into more meaningful work. And I think it gives them a lot of opportunity to, to develop, right? You're eliminating potential bias in terms of how you're placing them. Um, you're getting them into roles that are going to develop them for the future. And they are going to be the future of your workforce in a given company. They're going to be the future of the workforce for our country and our global economy. And I think this is a way to get them the skills and the experience that they need to lead us into the future. And I think that's where you're going to see technology potentially having a game-changing impact. Victor, thank you very much for talking to me. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Uh, look forward to connecting again. My thanks to Victor. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow the show on Instagram. You can find us by searching for Recruiting Future. You can search all the past episodes at recruitingfuture.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list to get the inside track about everything that's coming up on the show. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time and I hope you'll join me. This is my show.